We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the Rise in NFL Draft podcast. We're inching closer and closer to the 2023 NFL Draft, only four weeks away from it officially kicking off in the end of April. Of course, we are brought to you by irishbreakdown.com, a part of the CFB Nation YouTube channel. Make sure you go check out that um, and subscribe to the CFB Nation YouTube channel. The rest of the shows on there, which is a lot of great content from the recruiting world, from general college football. You can find anything on the CFB Nation YouTube channel. You can also frequent any podcast platform. Five-star reviews are always very much appreciated. So we are in the midst, in the, in the NFL draft world, only a few weeks away from it officially kicking off the 2023 NFL draft. We are just in pro day mode, right? There's some people, some players that are obviously finishing up the pro day circuit. And then from there, it's all about the top 30 visits and players visiting with these teams and teams finalizing boards, man. That's that's where we are at this point, right? So it's pretty much clear sailing. So we have a pretty clear picture as far as where some guys will be pegged, who has risen through the process, who has fallen through the process, who has maybe more questions that we anticipated going into the draft process, and who has answered a lot of those questions. So I thought a great a great topic for today is to talk about some risers and some falders throughout the 2023 NFL draft process. And how my, my vantage point on this one and for the topic of today's show is I'm not going all the way back to the beginning of the season or before the season for preseason evaluations because that could be a long list. There's guys that I didn't even watch this summer that all of a sudden are being projected as first-round picks. I'm more looking at the scope of January until now. Who were guys when we started off in this NFL draft process based upon where they were currently, who has risen and who has fallen? Throughout that draft process, we've had events, all-star game events, obviously the Reese's Senior Bowl, East-West Shrine game, East-West Shrine Bowl, excuse me, out in Las Vegas, also the NFL PA Bowl out in Pasadena, California. Those are the three major bowl games. But there's also more bowl games than that. You have the Hula Bowl, College Gridiron Showcase, Tropical Bowl. There is a lot of opportunity for for seniors in a particular draft class 
to get added exposure. And then on top of that, obviously, is the spectacle that we all know and love. One that I was out for in Indianapolis is the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine. And on top of that testing, the Pro Day Circuit, which we are finishing up now. Uh, you know, We're almost all the way through all the Pro Day workouts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So let's talk some risers and some fallers. Now that we have a more in sync and a little bit more of a tangibly understood landscape in the 2023 NFL draft. want to start with the positives here. Because I I ended up picking five players that I would coin as risers in this class. And I picked four that I would say are fallers. I could have picked another couple guys, but I want to mostly keep this positive because I think we lose sight of the fact that sometimes that these are young men that are still going after their dreams, right? But we'll talk about some of the guys that have maybe had a little bit of less than stellar draft process, prospect uh, processes so far. But let's start with the risers. I think the one guy that could also quantify, and the first thing I said about like before the season until now, massive riser. But I just want to take it back to January. In January, most people had not heard the name Deontay Banks, cornerback out of the University of Maryland. Just hadn't heard the name. Jacorian Bennett, who actually played on the other side of him, who just ran 4-3 flat or 4-3-1 at the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine, he was more of the known commodity in the secondary for the Terps. But somehow, Banks has fell through the cracks early on in this process. And I think it was like 
in the end of January or in the beginning of February, Dane Brugler over at the Athletic, who, in my opinion, you know, just my perspective, is the best draft analyst in the business, an independent draft scout, best in the business. He, for me, does a great job of balancing what his opinions are with what the league tells him, right? And I think balancing those things sometimes can be really difficult, and especially when you become a mainstream mainstream NFL draft analyst and the media side, a lot of analysts, I would say, start portraying the league opinion as their own because that makes them right a lot more, right? If you, if you say like, oh, this guy's a first-round pick, he goes in the first round, makes you look a lot better than you saying he might go in the first round, but like I don't see it with him on film, man. Like I just don't really see it, right? So they assimilate to the opinion is kind of what I'm saying. You know, echo chamber, however you want to kind of you know coin that phrase. Dane doesn't really do that in my opinion. He stays pretty succinct with, this is my opinion, but this is also what I'm hearing. I think he really balances it well. But he had in a mock draft, again, I think it was in the end of January, early February, Deontay Banks going in the first round. And at that point, very put it all out there, right? I had not watched Deontay Banks. Hadn't watched him. I had not. The name was familiar. Like, I, I knew the name. But I had not watched him as as part of potential 2023 NFL draft prospect. I hadn't. And now you're seeing, because I went to the film, obviously. Dane says he's good. I'm going to take a look and see if I agree or I disagree. I agreed. I I see a lot of what Dane was kind of talking about in his mock draft as a third-year junior, I believe is what Deontay was. No, no, I'm sorry. He was a fourth-year senior. So he was a senior. um, I think he had one more year of eligibility with the COVID year, but he decided to obviously come out as a fourth-year senior. Six foot, 197 pounds. He was at the Indianapolis Scouting Combine, obviously. 31 and 3 inch arms, so good arm length. Ran 4.35, had a 40-plus inch vertical, had a 11-foot broad jump, 11-1-foot broad jump, somewhere in that ballpark. That really, really, I think, turned a lot of people's heads. And for people that had not gone back and watched the film, because I was lucky enough that I actually went back and watched the film a few weeks before the Combine, and I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. Like, probably more a second-round player to me, but, like, I understand it. I get it, right? Like, he's athletic. He's sticky. He's physical. Like, there's a lot of great things to love about Deontay Banks' game. But then you watch what he did in Indianapolis, and you're like, oh, this guy might have a higher upside as an athlete than maybe even I gave him credit for. He might. He might. So I'm sitting here, and every mock draft that I'm going to do from here till now, Deontay Banks is probably going to be in the first round. Because one, it's not the strongest, deepest class at the top as far as true first round valuations. But man, you just you don't find a lot of corners that are six foot plus with good length and can run like that and have good film. Like he kind of checks a lot of boxes. So Deontay Bex is a riser, man, because he was a guy that wasn't on the radar almost at all before before the draft process started. And all of a sudden. We're talking about a potential first-round pick. So Deontay Banks had to start with him because I think it was a it, it was a really interesting draft process to follow, and the track that he's been on has been something to watch, man. It's been really interesting. Second player I want to talk about, a guy that I've talked about on this channel and then also on the Believe in NFL Draft Prospect podcast that I do on the Believe Podcast Network, Ade Adeboare, who is a defensive lineman out of Northwestern. A young man who, before the com- before the draft process started, I'm looking at Adi Ambore, 
And I'm saying you are a sub 6'2", 268 pounds, strong side defensive end, who I don't really love coming off the edge consistently. You look at that profile, and I'm like, that's a day three football player. Sets a firm edge, physical, explosive. Like, there's things to work with there, but I just don't think he's the most flexible pass rusher. I, I just don't think he's comfortable on the edge all the time, right? So he goes to the senior bowl. What's he do? What does Adi Odebori do? He gains about 15 pounds. He's weighing in about 282, 283 pounds, playing mostly on the interior at – what did they have, Matt? I think he was 6'1 and 5'8", if I remember correctly. Let me pull it up real quick. I know he was in that genuine general ballpark because, I trust me, I'll get to the combine performance that he had. Excuse me. But, y- yes, he was 6'1 and 5'8", so near 6'2", 282 pounds when he came in at the combine. Ten and a half inch hands, nice. Thirty-three and seven-eighth inch arms, which means he has thirty-four inch arms, which is a really crazy arm length for his height. Usually, the arm length kind of matches the height. He's actually a little bit longer than you would anticipate a six-foot-one and five-eighth guy being, and an eighty-two and an eighth-inch wingspan. He started playing on the interior. He was unblockable all week in, in Mobile. Unblockable all week. Physical, explosive, low center of gravity. Guys got the goods working from the interior, man. So before the draft process, I'm like a eh, defensive end that I think, you know, could have a role. So now I'm looking at him and I'm saying, this guy could be a legitimate penetration three tech at the next level. And he could produce, man. He can produce at a high level. Then he goes to the combine. He has like a 37-inch vert, like really good jumps. But the number that popped everyone off, right, and was like just captivating was the 449 40-yard dash at 282 pounds. Just absurd, man. We got dudes running in the four fours at over 280 pounds now. Doesn't make any logical sense. Doesn't make any sense. But this is what we're working with now. Adeo Dabare, I think he can go in the first round. I think he can. Because it's not that he tested as a great athlete. It's not that he tested as an elite athlete. He tested as a historically elite athlete. We've never seen a guy like him before. We have never seen a penetration-style three technique that can run a sub four five at 280 plus pounds. Never seen that before, man. And also at his size, he can still play a little bit on the edge if you need him to, right? He can still play some five. He can still play some six. He can still play four, four eye and some odd fronts with the length he has. But as a three tech, I think he's got some tremendous upside. So Adeo Bari actually had a phenomenal draft process. I would argue he had the best draft process of any player out there, man. Just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Next player I want to hit on. The running back group in the 2023 NFL draft is phenomenal, guys. Absolutely phenomenal. You talk about B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Tank Bigsby, Zach Charbonnet, Zach Evans, like there's uh, Deuce Vaughn. There's so many really talented runners. Ty J. Spears is another guy who could have been on this list, but I did not pick out of Tulane. Crazy amount of running back talent. I ended up going with a young man that had a phenomenal season for the University of Pittsburgh. But I still feel like heading into this process, heading into the combine, heading into the pro day, you haven't heard enough, in my opinion, about Israel Abaconda, who is who is a five foot eleven. Let me make sure I get this. I'm sorry, five ten and six eight, so near five foot eleven, 216 pound runner who, by the way, was one of the top rushers in all of college football this past year. Absolutely had a phenomenal season. 
But I feel like we're not talking about him enough because he played at Pittsburgh. He didn't play at, you know, one of the powers of college football. He didn't play at Alabama. He didn't play at Texas. Like, didn't play at one of those schools, right? So we're not talking about Israel enough. But then he goes to his pro day. Wasn't able to perform at the combine because I think he had a pulled hammy or something. He had something going on. Went to his pro day the other day, though. Ran 4.39 at 216 pounds. Had a 40-plus inch vert. 10 eight in the broad, I think it was, some really good number like that. And I'll be very honest, I was a big fan of Israel before we even tested because you look at what he did this past year at Pitt. And Pitt had a good offensive line, but there were a lot of injuries on that offensive line. Gabe Huey was out for a large portion of the season. Carter Warren was out for a large portion of the season. There were some injuries on that offensive line. Still a pretty solid offensive line, though. But the vision that he plays with, I thought it was really good, man. Really, like, almost almost to a, a – a, it was a very good level, almost to an elite level in my opinion. I thought I think he has some of the best vision in the 2023 NFL draft of any running back. Also, obviously has straight line speed. When he got to the open, he was outrunning most cats. Like, that's just kind of where we are. I don't know if I would say he's a three-down back at the next level. I just haven't seen enough in pass protection and – as a as a general pass receiver, but as a committee approach, this kid has two down potential at, at the next level. I think that he could be an early down runner. I think he'd be a thousand yard back. I like Israel, man. I think he's a really good football player. So especially after what he did at his pro day, I think he started turning some heads, man. And now I'm left honestly, like I'm left looking now. I'm like, okay, Bijan Robinson out of Texas is gonna be the first one to make off the board, no doubter. Jameer Gibbs, I think, is gonna be a second guy out of Alabama. And then there's a bucket of guys, right? Like I mentioned Tank Bigsby out of Auburn, Zach Evans out of Ole Miss, Sean Tucker out of Syracuse, Devin A. Chain out of Texas A&M's a smaller back, but he's a 4-3 athlete, so some people are going to go bananas for him. Deuce Vaughn's a guy that I really like out of Kansas State, although he's a very undersized player. Zach Charbonnet, Kenny McIntosh, Kendra Miller out of TCU. There's a deep bucket of like secondary rushers in this class. And I'm sitting here and I'm saying, is it the most ridiculous idea in the world that Israel Abaconda might be the third running back off the board? Is that crazy? I don't think it's crazy. I really don't. Don't be shocked if in the second round you see Israel come off the board. I would not be shocked at all. So he is a big riser to me in this class now has kind of solidified himself as one of the best running backs in the 2023 NFL draft class. Number four on the list, Anton Harrison, Oklahoma, offensive tackle. A kid that I'll be very honest about, I don't love as much as some people do. I don't. I think coming into the draft process, he's being rejected as a second, third round type of player. And I would be okay with him in second, third rounds. I think there's a lot of raw ability to work with there. He's got nice length. He's got good foot quickness. There's some control to his game that I think is really nice. I just think that his power profile is still developing. Was it better in 2022 than it was in 2021? Yes, it was. But it's still developing. It's still not there. And I just think the game moves for him a little fast at times. Like I just don't think that the game is slowed down fully for a guy like Anton Harrison, especially for a guy that has the tools that he does. So I'm a little bit tentative on Anton Harrison, just a little bit. But the fact of the matter is, is that went to the combine, blew the place up, has kind of now risen to the point where you're like, he might 
be the fourth offensive tackle off the board? And that's fourth offensive tackle if you count Peter Skronsky as an offensive tackle. I think some teams will count him as a guard. But regardless, I think he might be the fourth offensive lineman off the board, which means in this class, he's going in the first round. There's no doubt about it. Paris Johnson will be in the first round. Peter Skronsky will go in the first round. Broderick Jones out of Georgia will go in the first round. And then who's that fourth offensive lineman off the board? I think it could be Anton Harrison, man. I really do. Because he just kind of checks a lot of those boxes as a blindside protector, man. He really does. I mean, if you're looking at just kind of the size profile, it was pretty funny at the combine when they came in and there was a typo on Twitter where it said like he had 31-inch arms and everyone everyone knew that that was just not factual, which was pretty hysterical. But Anton Harrison came in with 34 and an eighth-inch arms, 6'4 and 3'8", 3'15", not the tallest dude in the world, but he also ran sub five in the 40 yard dash. He's actually the fastest lineman at the 2023 NFL draft. And again, like 40 times don't matter as much for offensive linemen, but it's just generally speaking, showcasing the athleticism he has. So I think that he could, has the potential to be a first round pick. I think he actually will be a first round pick. There's a deep group after that of like Jalen Duncan at Maryland, Blake Freeland out of BYU. Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. Darnell Wright will probably go in the first round as well. But for me, man, Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse is another guy that I like a ton. And for Notre Dame fans to watch the channel, you should remember Matthew Bergeron starting left tackle for the Syracuse Orange. Good football player, by the way. I think Anton Harrison has a chance to be the fourth offensive lineman off the board, if not the fifth. Like At worst, I think that he may, you know, maybe Darnell Wright goes ahead of him. But regardless, man, like I think that he has solidified himself as a first-round pick. He's had a good process. I know he had good meetings with teams. And I think generally speaking, he was kind of a secondary thought at offensive tackle coming into the draft process. But now leaving the draft process or getting close to the end of the draft process, I think Anton Harrison has kind of separated himself amongst that second group. So talented football player. I think he needs a lot of work, but he's done really well for himself. There's no doubt about that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Then my last guy is a very interesting player because he is one of the biggest combine freaks that we've ever seen. And there are, I will say this, the combine freak thing, the underwear Olympics, the dynamic athletes in shorts, sometimes we can overvalue those players tremendously and way too much. But this one's a little bit of a different situation because I think that this kid is a good football player that might be just getting overdrafted slightly well not slightly I think he's going to get overdrafted a a good bit based upon what his college production was and just kind of the the last we've seen him on on film 
But Nolan Smith out of Georgia is a player where he does the things that you wouldn't expect him to do really well. He sets a firm edge, man. He's a dog in the run game, like absolute dog setting the edge. Physical, plays with his hair on fire. But you knew that as a former number one overall recruit and a five-star, that there was athletic upside that wasn't as much harnessed at Georgia. And there could be some things that go with the scheme, playing with other guys, overshadowed a little bit. Like, there's all this conversation. But the the reason that Nolan Smith's been such a riser in this process is because he was hurt this year. He only played in a couple of football games. And that cost him the end of the season, opportunity to play in the playoff, go for a national championship. Also cost him an opportunity to potentially compete at the Reese Senior Bowl this year. But he was back healthy for the combine, showcasing what we all knew was an impressive athlete. 6'2 and 2 eighths, so 6'2 and a quarter, 238 pounds, 32 and 5 eighths inch arms. Not the longest guy of all time, which is kind of a weird profile. He's a he's a pure stand-up rusher in a 3-4. In a base, base three four, and then you you know you'll figure out the edge stuff in subs. Like you'll you'll figure that stuff out. But he's not the biggest guy in the world. But if you're not the biggest guy in the world, what do you need to be? To be a great athlete. It's exactly what Nolan Smith is. Ran four three nine at two hundred thirty eight pounds at a forty plus inch vert and like an eleven foot broad jump. I just simply Nolan Smith's a freak, man, and his upside is still immense despite him being a Fourth-year senior, don't think he's nearly hit his upside, man. I still think that there's legitimate potential that he could tap into. So I'm interested to see where they value Nolan Smith. I think he's going to go a lot higher than people think. I mean, he could go top 15. I don't think it's outrageous that that could happen. More of a second-round player on film, in my opinion, but that athletic upside is what people are really going to clamor towards. And I think that you could say – Forgotten guy to begin this process. Now we're sitting here as a top 10, top 10 to 15 potential draft pick in April. So Nolan Smith is the last riser that I wanted to highlight of this podcast. Let's get into the negative portion of this podcast. Talk about some fallers. And these guys have all fallen mostly due to what the offseason has brought, but a couple of them also didn't have the best film of all time as their senior year but still had some fans entering the draft process because of their priors, right? Like what guys thought about them in the summer, kind of going into the season. The first one pains me, pains me. If you go back to my summer, the summer, my favorite wide receiver in the class and the guy that I thought could be wide receiver one if he took a massive step forward and stayed healthy was Keyshawn Boutte out of LSU, who, I mean, every time he's played before 2022, it's dynamic, man. And he looked like he was the next big thing at LSU. I mean, he broke some LSU records as a true freshman. He had like 300 yards in one football game as a freshman. Dynamic football player. And I liked a lot what I saw before the season, man. I saw him and I'm just like, there's star potential there. Like, he's got massive upside. And then the 2022 season happens where it was just – inconsistent, some drops, was never able to put production together on a consistent basis. Keyshawn just had a season to forget at LSU. And then you hear all the you know rumors of like off the field stuff. And then there's the weird situation of I'm coming back to school. And then in last minute, he changes his mind. And it was just kind of a, a funky way to start the draft process. And then he went to the combine, man. And it's just like a guy that you need to bank on 
athletic upside still with, with a guy like a Keyshawn Boutte. Goes out and runs 4-5 flat. Has a low 30 in the vert. Bad broad jump. Just doesn't look like a dynamic athlete, man. And for a player that I need to bank on athletic upside and, and potential, if you can't show me that you're a dang good athlete, like what am I betting on? I don't know what I'm betting on at that point. So Keyshawn Boutte with the immaturity stuff, with the inconsistency this past year, with just some things you hear, I definitely don't think he's going in the first round. I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't go to day three. And honestly, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, and some people are going to push back on this, and I understand because he's still talented. There's no doubt, and there's still some good film in the past at LSU. But I would not be shocked if Keyshawn Boutte does not get drafted. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't. Very talented football player, man. But he just has not put it together. Still a young cat. Youngest wide receiver in the 2023 NFL draft that we have in the database. But a lot of risk to a Keyshawn Boutte. So I have to be out for now. I hope he gets it together. But it's a massive fall that Keyshawn Boutte has been having so far this year. Want to stay with LSU. Another guy that had a lot of fans in the summer. I feel like did not have the best season in 2022. And then I think he's just had a very like stagnant, boring draft process so far and boring, meaning no one's talking about him. If you go back to a lot of mock drafts in the summer, and again, like mock drafts don't mean anything on the media side, especially that early really doesn't. But a lot of people were fans of Jaqueline Roy out of LSU, who is, has some talent as an interior defensive lineman. There's no doubt about it. He came into the season with a lot of expectations because he had had in 2021 a lot of flashes, man. Like there was a lot of things to like about what Roy did. 6'2 and 6'8, 305 pounds, 32 and three quarter inch arms. Very modest tester. Just he hasn't done anything to stand out. And that's just kind of where we are. Like there were still some people that I think were kind of clawing on to begin this draft process like oh but i liked him in the summer loved him in the summer and then you're sitting here and you're just like but he didn't take a step forward he took a step back he took a massive step back if we're being honest so in a class that you know we have jalen carter and brian Brissy uh, at the top i think that we're talking about a secondary group of the keanu bentons of the world the gervion dexters the zach pickens the adi adabores Keon White, if you consider him interior defensive lineman. I forgot about Kalijah Kansi. He would be in the top of that group. I think that he has a chance to fall exponentially, man. Like another guy that I wouldn't be shocked if he falls to day three. If Jack, if Jaqueline Roy fell to day three, I would not be shocked at all because he just hasn't done anything in this draft process to stand out. He's just been an afterthought. And a guy that wasn't that great as a run defender in 2021, you're looking for a baseline. Does he have a baseline? I don't know if he has a baseline. So, just a very underwhelming process. I just I don't know what I'm getting in Jaqueline Roy, so I have to be out on him right now. This one pains me also because I don't think it's all his fault in this situation. I'm talking about Andre Carter, who is an edge out of Army. Very strange, very strange situation that Andre's in. First of all, flashback to 2021. Andre Carter left what led all college football in sacks. This past year. Not nearly as good as far as his production. But you look at him and you're like, that dude does those types of dudes don't usually go to army, man. He's six, six and a half, 256, 33 and three-eighth inch arms, 82 and a quarter inch wingspan. That's a long dude, man. That's a really long dude. 
and has had some production. But you look at him and like, that guy doesn't go to Army, man. Like that body type, like how the heck do you earn up Army? So if you remember at the end of the season while he's getting ready for the draft or, you know, assume that he's getting ready for the draft, there was a whole conversation about the rule might make it so he can't go to the NFL right away, might have to go, you know, finish his service. Uh, and there's all that back and forth. Eventually he gets the waiver where he's able to play. Goes to the recent senior bowl. Just didn't look great, man. Just didn't look great. Was getting pushed around a ton. A guy that really lacks kind of that power profile right now. Went to the combine, had a couple nice tests, but then like large, it was like 4.8 and a 40 and a low vert and not as explosive as you would think. But then you hear the stories that he basically hasn't been allowed to train for anything, right? Like it's been very, very strict on what he's, his, he, he could participate in and how he could train training off site. Like there's been a lot of like weird stuff with his, obviously with affiliation with the Naval cat. I mean, not with the Naval cat with, with army. So, you know, you're sitting here and you're just like a guy that we once thought could be a day to pick. Like I, and it's not his fault, but he's a pure developmental guy. So if I'm a team, I'm like Andre Carter has to go in day three. He has to, like, I can't mortgage a top hunter pick on a guy that I just don't know how long it's going to be till he's going to be able to help me, what his body is going to keep maturing and looking like. like. There's just so much uncertainty with Andre Carter. It's not all his fault, but I just think a guy that was really liked in the summer and even at the beginning of the draft process, he's got to be a guy that falls a little bit. My last guy, a player that I liked. I liked. I, I did a little bit. I, I wasn't like the biggest fan of him, but Ronnie Hickman from Ohio State is a player who has been incredibly productive for the Buckeyes for the last two years. I know he had a really bad showing against Michigan this year, but for the Mars part, man, I thought that Ronnie really had a nice season for the Buckeyes and uh, was able to put together a lot of good film. The issue with Ronnie Hickman, well, actually, let's go with the positives, Ronnie Hickman. Positive is he's very physical, willing tackler, box safety, will get down and strike. There are some missed tackles, but for the most part, man, you feel good about his impact in the run game. The negatives. Just don't know if he's an NFL athlete, guys. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You saw him at the Senior Bowl, and he ducked out after the first day or two. He looked like he was running in mud. Like, he looked like he could just not stick with some of these dudes, man. And then he goes to the Combine. Surprise, surprise. Doesn't test. So, for people that don't follow the draft too much, you know, you don't test at the Combine. You go to the Pro Dan test, right? Guess who also didn't test at the pro day? And there's not really an injury that I'm aware of. There is a he is avoiding testing for some reason. What's the what's the and again, this is speculation on my part. Don't know Ronnie, don't know if there's actually an injury behind the scenes, blah, 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 blah. All that good stuff. A guy that is avoiding testing, though, usually is there that's a there's for that's a reason there, right? There's a reason why he does not want to test. Probably something athletic, athletically related, right? Maybe he's not the best athlete of all time. So again, a guy that I thought maybe could sneak into day two, third rounds. I'm sitting here now and saying, uh, if he gets drafted, he's going to be a late round drafted guy. At best, that's kind of what you're sitting at with a guy like a Ronnie Hickman. So fortunately for Ronnie, Diggy's been a big faller in this class. A guy that I don't have high expectations of going early at the end of April. 
just don't have high expectations there. But that's going to conclude here for the risers and fallers section of the 2023 NFL Draft, part of the Rising NFL Draft podcast. Want to thank you all for listening. Before you leave here, if you could just hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, hit that notification bell because we have a lot more shows coming up. Again, college football centric, recruiting centric, NFL Draft centric, especially if you want to get your NFL Draft picks because we only have a few weeks now until April. Um, the end of April is officially here and the 2023 NFL Draft officially kicks off. So thank you all for joining me from. The Rising Info Drive podcast from irishbreakdown.com and from the CFB Nation YouTube channel and podcast platform. Want to thank y'all. See y'all next week to talk a little bit more about the 2023 NFL Draft. happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families time is short before something big happens and that's why so many folks are preparing they're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from my patriot supply go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com